You're listening to Pod for Ham, a podcast from the incomparable that's all about the musical Hamilton, taking it one track at a time through the original Broadway cast recording. Every episode features different groups of interesting people talking about a single track. Visit us on the web at pod4ham.com or follow us on Twitter at pod4ham. Alexander, come back to sleep. I have an early meeting out of town. It's still dark outside. I know. I just need to write something down. Welcome back to Pod for Ham. We are nearing the end. But before we get there and interlude the shortest track on the Hamilton cast recording at 48 seconds, Best of Wives and Best of Women. I am Jason Snell, the voice that you hear at the beginning of the podcast. Sometimes I appear in the podcast. And joining me for this episode are, each of us gets about 16 seconds to talk about this song. Aline Sims, hello. Hello. David J. Lore, hello. Hello. And Rachel Donner, hi. I am not a best wife, but I am definitely a best woman. That works. That was another way I could have introduced this episode yeah. is I'm going to introduce you to the best of wives and best of women and also David J. Lord. <laughs> but I'm, I'm the of. I'm both of the ofs. It's okay. More of a preposition. So this song is sad because this is the song that is wedged in between the agreeing to the duel and the actual duel as we reach the end. Um, and so this is, uh, this, this song serves the purpose of echoing its quiet uptown, just to remind everybody how sad everybody should feel. And, uh, it, we get to see Hamilton, uh, essentially say goodbye to his wife, um, uh, before and lie to her about where he's going before going out the door for the duel. Jerk face. And she tries to coax him back to bed. Yeah, yeah. Just a little, <laughs> little, just some lies to, to finish off his relationship with her before he goes to the, goes to the duel. Boy. Well, it's, you know, one, one nice thing musically, it's got the same chord progression as It's Quiet Uptown, but also that would be yes. enough. Yeah. And they, they sort of echo throughout nicely. Yeah, and we get and we get. Uh, why do you write like you're running out of time in here too? So it's definitely piling on yeah. from the base yeah. of of it's quiet uptown. You get you know you get the other pieces from their relationship coming back. This one last sort of sad time with the piano starting, and I think the I think the strings come in uh, later. I, I don't know any thoughts anybody has about this sort of last step in the relationship between. Um, between Alexander and Eliza before we, you know, the next time we see them, they're sort of parting and being reunited in, in the afterlife essentially. So uh, if, if you've got final thoughts to share about this, this interesting relationship uh, now is the time because it's not, it's about to be over. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is um, interesting in that, the letter was actually written a week ahead of the duel as opposed to the morning of or the night before as it appears in the musical, which they, you know, condensed for 
theatrical narrative purposes, but um, he was actually staying at a different location the night before the duel. Right. So that this, yeah, he wrote a, a letter to Eliza in the case of his death uh, that was on July 4th. And a week later, he actually had the duel. And he did apparently write a letter, I think, the night before the duel. Uh, but that was not this letter. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, this is all this is all kind of, again, compressed. But he did he did write a letter to her. Uh, on the occasion of him being killed in the duel, and it does indeed say say goodbye to her with the phrase "best of wives and best of women." So uh, that's a nice, uh, nice historical, historically accurate item that is used here to great effect by Miranda. Did any of the rest of you read the full letter? It's actually quite amazing, and in his usual oh, yeah. flowery language, yeah. just the way he talked about death, like terminating my earthly career, I thought was a very interesting way of saying dying. And uh, also, uh, by the way, please seek out religion. It's the only thing that can provide you solace in my departure, which is like, yeah. okay, jerk. <laughs> you know, like, I get I get that that's nice. And yet I also read that as like, <laughs> all you can really do is seek out your religion in this time of my death, because it's really sad for you. Like, yeah, okay. All right. It's because it's such a selfish act, right? It's such a selfish act. Yeah, and it's totally typical of uh, Al- the real Alexander Hamilton, what I know of him and what we know of this interpretation of him is arrogant <laughs> as all get out at every turn. I mean, he really was whatever his intentions were. He was he was an arrogant man and Kind of this relationship, at least as we see it in Hamilton with Eliza, I know we don't know a whole lot about their relationship because um, a lot of that was lost for whatever reason. But just kind of this, I don't know, I feel like Eliza over and over and over again, at least in the musical, is kind of an afterthought. He does all the stuff for himself and then it's like oh yeah this might have an impact on my wife and family um and i kind of feel like that's that's what this duel was like oh you're not gonna you know you're not gonna get away with this this is this is it we're doing it it's come to a head and oh yeah i I guess maybe eliza might have you know (laughs) there might be some repercussions for her that i won't necessarily be around to see and so I get angry, Alexander Hamilton, when we get to the song, because here she is this um, doting, faithful, adoring wife, and he just walks on her over and over mm. and over again. Yeah, I mean, the story of, of, of their relationship in the musical a lot of times is she's asking him to do just this one thing. It would be enough, mm-hmm. and he can never do it. Right. I mean, and in this case, it's literally come back to bed is all she's asking. That would be enough. Although, as somebody pointed out on the Genius page, that I think is very smart, um, instead of stay alive, that would be enough. She says, come back to bed. But of course, if he came back to bed, he would stay alive in the in the musical. So, but again, right. it's just talking about lowering your standards. It's like, just come back to bed. That would be enough right now. It's like, oh man. And he lies to her. I mean, the last thing he says to her is this meeting's at dawn, right? Like I've got this Merley meeting. It's at dawn. And it's not, you know, it's not true. He's not, he's not straight with her, right? Even at the end. I also wondered how many dawn meetings they had that, <laughs> yeah. that she would be like, oh yeah, common. okay, that makes sense. Totally common dawn meetings. So it's just a morning squash game, you know? Right. Totally usual. (laughs) I don't know. It's sad. It's, it's really short. Uh, it's, I I do really feel like the reminder of, 
um, it's quiet uptown is really important here too, mm-hmm. that they need to, they, they, that this song exists to reset your thoughts about, about their relationship before moving into the duel that he, he gets a chance to say goodbye. You sort of see the progression of their, of their relationship that they're still able, you know, after everything that happens with burn and then, and then the death of their son and them trying to get through the unimaginable and it's quiet uptown here. We see that they've reached a kind of, uh, equilibrium again, um, where they're sharing the same bed and, you know, only for it to, to, to end, which is sad. Yeah. It's very sad. Yeah, I mean, this is the sad part. He really does not think he's going to die, though. That's the thing, is that he, it seems like a typical goodbye, and and he's trying to comfort her and say go back to sleep, because he just, he in no way, shape, or form expects to die in this duel. I'll be back, I'll be back before you know I'm gone, he says. And Although I think you can interpret that both ways. I think you can interpret that as I may die or I may not. Um, that that it that he knows that it's a chance, and so it's either he's either right or he's lying to her, um, and doesn't want her to worry. Um, I did read, I read a couple articles about the duel, and this is probably also fodder for whoever comes after us to talk about the world was wide enough. But um, there is some speculation by some people that Hamilton may have intended to be killed. In the duel, there are some people who yeah. feel that it was it was the yes. most gentlemanly form of suicide. Um, I'm not sure. I'm sure there are lots of Hamilton scholars out there who would debate that vociferously. It's just one theory, but um, I, you know, all of that is going through my mind when I listen to this song. Is like, does he expect it? In the in the musical, I think it's more that he's reckless and um, and doesn't realize the the scope of Burr's. Uh, enmity toward him, but um, I, I in, historically at least people have speculated that Hamilton may have been. I, I guess it's the question of is it a self-destructive impu- impulse or is it him actually trying to destroy himself? And you know, I don't know all the all the details, but it's an interesting thought about does he intend to come back at all? Right. I, I think I think Lin Manuel and I think uh, Ron Chernow leave that up in the air yeah. enough. I don't I don't think they think that's what he did. I think it's far more likely to say he was being self-destructive and reckless and kind of didn't didn't knew that was a possibility and that's not the same as committing sort of suicide by duel uh to intend it but more just sort of being being having a right. reckless disregard for your own life in that scenario. And that you know clearly clearly I'm taunting Burr, I'm going to drive him nuts, but he's not really going to kill me because it's just Burr, come on, right? And and I mean the whole thing about shooting up in the air, that wasn't really a thing. If you weren't gonna shoot, right. if you were gonna throw away your shot, you were gonna shoot into the ground. So right there, that's sort of an odd detail. Why did he do that? Yeah. And and the argument is that Burr heard the the bullet hit the tree, you know, above and behind him and was unnerved by that, and that may have actually driven him to, you know, take, oh geez, this is serious. I'm gonna actually try to try to hit him, whereas if he had shot it into the ground or something, it might have been different. Right. Going back to go, uh, the Hamilton-Eliza relationship, I mean, another thing that I noticed that I wanted to throw out for everybody is this idea that Eliza uh, is portrayed throughout as just an incredibly decent human being, 
right? This is this is her characterization. Is she is a just Aline? You said it earlier. She, I mean, best of wives and best of women. She is a wonderful, decent human being throughout. Uh, and bad things happen to her, but she's always decent. And and I feel like this is another check in about that. Um, not that we need to be reminded, but to but to feel for her again because you know the the next time we see her. It, we know it's in Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story, and it's that it's it's the last moment, and there's a certain um, thing that she does that makes me cry every time. So I, this is like priming me for that too. I feel like when we see her here, that it's like remember how good a person Eliza is because you're about to see what she does after you've seen all the terrible things her husband did, including to her, <laughs> and you're going to see what she does at the end of this play, which is ensure his legacy. When she could have walked mm-hmm. away and been like, okay, that enough with this guy. And that is not what she does. Yeah, she, I don't know, a better person than me? I don't. I, <laughs> <laughs> I would have been so, uh, you know, I would have, I'd throw my hands up in the air and walked away. Like, okay, you, you clearly. <laughs> she throws her hands up in the sky. Bye. <laughs> And I sound like I I revile uh, Hamilton more than I do. I just think that he was such a self-centered jerk and that she was, again, at least as portrayed in this, she was so self-sacrificing that, I mean, at what point do you just say, you you do your thing, I can't deal with you anymore. And, And it doesn't sound like she ever got to that point, even you know, days before her death, she was talking about how she was ready to go see her Hamilton. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're looking at that from the 21st century too. Yes, I mean, that's true, true. In the era that, I mean, just, just that what she was able to accomplish herself after he died is kind of astonishing for a woman of her time. Not only that, but they were completely bankrupt. He left her right. with nothing. Right. And she did all these amazing things. Yeah, but as a 21st century musical, we we get to view their relationship through the prism of today and 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 yeah. view her as sort of remarkably capable of 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 forgiven of forgiveness. Can you imagine? <laughs> uh and and so this is uh, I don't know. It's Eliza as a uh, as a person. She's the, you know, she's the best person in the musical, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. I would I would agree. I I think it is a sweet moment, a really sweet, I think, intimate moment between the two of them. And I think it's also a really good um, signal that it's we're reaching the end with all of the references to previous songs um, kind of being for less than 50 seconds. There are a lot of little references throughout the oh, song. Yeah. And I just think that that's a nice like signal to us in acknowledgement, I think of Hamilton's life and their relationship and everything that they've been through. And I don't know, I just, it, it's remarkably done. I have a lot of respect for uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda for how he could weave all of that into such a, a short moment. Yeah. Well, it's almost like the, the shorthand of their relationship at the end, the, the that they've come back together, they're at peace, yeah. they're uh, they're in sync, they're in harmony, they're not, you know, you know, kind of screwing up one another's musical lines and other songs, or you know, kind of misaligning at any point. They're just they're at peace. They're they're not dealing with anybody else in this song. There's nobody else around. It's just Alexander. Come back to bed. It's that simple. It's just. 
every day and we don't need we don't need another 5 minutes right. of song yeah they're there this is where they're this is the final point of their relationship together as living people and um i for all the all the things that we see hamilton do that cause pain for eliza um you know the fact that the last line of this and the title of this song um he's expressing his his true love for her at that uh, despite all of that yes. that that is a moment of tenderness and love even as he's going off to do this incredibly stupid thing that's going to get himself killed. And it's a good, I mean, it is a, it is a, and we all know it's coming and yet it is a good reminder of, of where this relationship ends. And it's also him on her level more than her on his level. Yeah. Like she's not trying to rap. He is singing to her and he is, you know, and I think that that's a sweet thing too, that it's, for all of the trouble that he's caused, he's also, I think, trying. I do think it's nice, again, you know, thinking of the little teeny tiny, I mean, even lines as simple as I know, actually refers to a previous song. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And to have have the very last thing he says to her, you know, it starts with, hey, hey. which is the first thing he says to mm-hmm. her in the musical. All right. Well, we're almost done. <laughs> <laughs> a couple more a uh, couple more tracks to go for Pod for Ham and for the Hamilton Broadway cast recording. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this brief interlude, warm, dark, early in the morning before that fateful meeting in New Jersey where everything is legal. Uh, next time, the world was wide enough. But until then, I am Jason Snell signing off. I would like to thank my panelists for joining me for this brief interlude. Aline Sims, thank you. Thank you so much. David Lore, thanks. Thank you. And Rachel Donner, thank you. Thanks. Goodbye, everybody. Hey. Best of wives and best of women. <laughs>